biggest thing that got me interested in the space was the idea of like an unstoppable thing, like an unstoppable protocol. And Ethereum proved that out for for like an OS, an unstoppable OS. It's pretty hard to to censor it and to censor code that goes on chain. I think what's you know going to be interesting in the next wave is unstoppable applications. Welcome to Biddle Crypto. And today I have Alex Carabre, uh, Head of Growth at Presearch. Uh, hello, Alex. Uh, thanks for coming on Biddle Crypto. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Awesome. So uh, uh, what led you to um, you know, the world of crypto? Totally. So I was involved uh, in the summer of 2017, right before the big bull market and, and the ICO craze. And uh, I had a buddy of mine who was trading and he got me into it. Uh, you know, investing small amounts of money in a bunch of different projects and overnight they would like 10x and you'd be like, oh, this is kind of dope. And then, you know, you dive down the rabbit hole of what the actual technology is and you're like, oh my God, this is like groundbreaking. And, you know, granted a lot of those projects didn't materialize today, but one of the ones that did is pre-search and I was fortunate enough to participate in their token sale in 2017 and was involved in the community. Um, but during the bear market, I stepped away from working directly in the crypto industry and worked outside, but I still attended conferences and went to Denver in 2019 when Bitcoin was at like 3000 and Ethereum was at like $80, <laughs> which is like, you know, a trip to think that was only three years ago. Um, but I met a lot of great people there in the industry and decided to make the leap full time in the end of 2020, early 2021, when pre-search was, um, you know, looking for a head of growth. And now I feel more of a, a COO role uh, within pre-search. So manage a lot of the operations and, and growth stuff. So it's been really fun. I mean, the biggest thing that got me interested in the space was the idea of like an unstoppable thing, like an unstoppable protocol. And Ethereum proved that out for for like an OS, an unstoppable OS. You know, it's pretty hard to to censor it and to censor code that goes on chain. But I think what's you know going to be interesting in the next wave is unstoppable applications. And I think pre-search is one of the first experiments in this space as we transfer more from like a web 2.5 where we're at currently to a, a completely web three based protocol. And I think a lot of projects are going to, you know, move over to that over the next three years. There's, you know, it's interesting. There's a fat protocol and a fat application thesis. And so far the dogma in the space has been around the fat protocol thesis, meaning that the value will accrue in the protocols and not the applications, but obviously working in an application, I'm a believer of the fat application thesis. And I think more value will accrue in the protocol level than during the internet. But I think the application layer is still where most of the value will accrue long-term. So yeah, lots of stuff there, but high level of how I got involved in the space. Well, thanks for that. And that's a very good point that you make uh, the application level and the protocol level. And, um, uh, you know, it's it's the users interact at the application level always. Uh, most of the time, most of the users, traditional Web2 users have done that. So it's, it's a very interesting space to be in. And, uh, you know, utility comes at that level. So I, I see uh, what you, uh, the point you made there. So uh, tell me more uh, about that, Alex, like pre-search, uh, how it works, um, how is it different? Uh, 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 what's the Web3 component in it? For sure. Mm. So I think it'd be more helpful to take a step back to understand how most search engines work. So you think of uh, some of our direct competitors like DuckDuckGo, Brave, Launch Your Own Search Engine, Quant, Startpage. 
most of those search engines pull their search results from two main indexes, which is Google and Bing. Um, and some may, you know, claim to have their own index, but most of them pad their search results or provide a lot of the relevant stuff, especially long, long tail keywords from the centralized indexes who've, you know, invested billions of dollars to do it well. And so currently you can think of pre-search like a decentralized meta search engine. So a decentralized version of DuckDuckGo. So DuckDuckGo is essentially a privacy layer on top of Bing, um, Quant on top of Google, StartPage on top of Google. Uh, so we have that privacy component. I mean, it's also arguable that DuckDuckGo doesn't even have it because, you know, they have backdoor things for, for tracking for, uh, for their Bing advertisements. Um, but pre-search basically is operated by 73,000 nodes. So we have, you know, tens of thousands of community members who spin virtual private servers or run, you know, the software on computers in their home that power the pre-search main search experience, which pulls that information from other databases, APIs, indexes like Google and Bing um, to make up our search experience. And we do it in a privacy way that's a lot more rigorous than most of the privacy search engines in the space. And so that's kind of like the base layer. So we have the foundation of the decentralized infrastructure. And now it's you know time to build on top of that to add other, other node functions like indexing, crawling the web, um, you know, uh, index validation, you know, index routing, storing a lot of the data that we crawl on the web and on decentralized uh, services like IPFS. And so basically how we're different is we're basically a decentralized DuckDuckGo. Um, we reward users for searching. So if you log onto our platform and create an account, you're rewarded for searching. And that is the idea of a value for value. So users who are contributing value to pre-search will receive some value in return. So, you know, searching early in pre-search is incredibly valuable for us because it helps core user base, helps, you know, provide a base that advertisers can advertise to. There's other, you know, rewards for operating nodes, which powers the search experience for pre-search um, and things like that. So at high level, pre-search is decentralized, long-term vision. Um, we want to be, you know, completely open source, community driven as a DAO, and, you know, just put the protocol in the hands of the users and, uh, you know, have them have more say into the experience that they see when they're when they're trying to go onto the web. So uh, currently, from what I understand is pre-search um, uh, is building its own index, right? So, uh, you know, same way Google has its own index, Bing's and all these search engines. So now after, um, I think you, you guys have been mainnet for how long? Um, since May. Since May. Oh, so that's pretty, uh, uh, you know, it's not that long ago. So now you'll have your own index as well. And that if somebody runs a node, a uh, pre-search node, they'll, they'll have, uh, they'll be basically running that index with, or how would they, um, I'm just trying to imagine. Um, so everybody running a node uh, will have access to uh, the index somehow, or um, uh, how many currently nodes do you have, by the way? That's uh... Uh, so we have, we have seventy three thousand nodes. Oh wow! And, yeah, and those awesome. are based in yeah yeah, and they're based in over one hundred fifty countries and run by over ten thousand node operators, ten thousand unique node operators. So it's a pretty distributed network. Um, but in terms of like the software and how the node the nodes function, currently, uh, like I mentioned before, uh, it's a it's a effectively a meta search engine. So. Um, we pull a lot of our information from other indexes while we build out our own. And, you know, building, uh, building out our own index is a non-trivial task. It's, you know, it, it's, a, it's a long process um, to actually get to the, you know, even, you know, 50% of what Google's relevancy does because we don't have the tracking that they do and profiling that they have on their users. And so um, most of the search results come from other, other data sources currently. But over time, you know, over the next two years, that's going to transition dramatically over to to our own index and and our own you know 
information gathering sources. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so that's, a, that's a software that runs, runs on there. And um, again, just to repeat, that's very common practice in the space. DuckDuckGo is, you know, essentially a front end for, for a privacy layer on top of Bing. Startpages is a privacy layer on top of, of Google, uh, which is kind of ironic because, yeah, any, anyways, uh, uh, Startpage is owned by a, a data mining company, which is uh, ironic for a privacy search engine. But <laughs> yeah, uh, DuckDuckGo has its own issues. So yeah, pre-search, uh, I am really excited about what you guys are doing, actually. Uh, now I understand it more. Um, it, the um, The node operators in this case what incentive do they have like uh, for running say a, a pre-search node and and what sort of consensus mechanisms do you guys um, uh, employ or is there a POS versus POW or um, how how does that happen? For sure. So the nodes, um, the model we have currently for our nodes is more of hub and spoke. So they, they're not directly talking with each other. Um, there's a lot of technical stuff for us to get to. Um, for, for to do, to to get to the point where they are peer to peer, but that is in the roadmap. And there's a lot of cool things that we have lined up for you know for that for that roadmap. Oh, the the no incentive mechanism. So users will go and purchase pre. So the current requirement for users to run a node is four thousand pre, which is um, like you know a couple hundred bucks, like two hundred and fifty bucks to run a node. And they you know deposit that to our platform. And once it's on the platform. They take the startup command that's in our docs page, which is basically like, yeah, well, first they have to download Docker on their computer. Uh, they copy the script and put their key from our node dashboard and start up the node. And once the node's online, it can start processing searches. And in order to earn rewards for searches, you have to stake the node. And yeah, that's where the, the 4,000 pre-requirement comes in. And so that's the incentive mechanism currently is just rewarded in our native token. Um, but I wanted to touch on, again, the consensus mechanism. So currently... Um, it's a hub and spoke model. So we have basically gateway servers, which route the queries to our nodes. Um, and the cool part about this is that nodes dynamic, dynamic, dynamically switch gateway pools depending on traffic requirements. So when it's early in the morning, you know, like 4 a.m. Uh, on the West Coast at 7 a.m., the traffic's probably not going to be super high in the U.S., but it's going to be a lot more uh, in Europe and Asia. And so the nodes will migrate over to those gateways to, to serve those queries and vice versa. You know, when it's midday here in the U.S., a lot of searches going on, whereas Europe, it's nighttime, Asia, you know, it's middle of the night. And so there's not as many searches. So those nodes migrate back over to the to the uh, west uh, to to the US to process the queries here. And so it's really cool to see the fluid dynamics of uh, of the nodes uh, ebb and flowing to network demands. But uh, on the consensus mechanisms, I, like I mentioned, it's hub and spoke. But I don't want to say too much about our technical roadmap because we haven't actually released it publicly yet. But uh, essentially, a lot of that data will be stored to will be stored on the blockchain and and on decentralized uh, cloud uh, providers like IPFS for like indexing and things like that. And it'll be a more peer to peer model. Um, so I guess that's that's all I can say yeah. until we you know reveal more information on our side about exactly what those mechanisms look like. Um, and we're really excited to share it because we think it's going to be uh, potentially revolutionary for not only the blockchain space but um, for the search engine space. So, yeah, that's huge application utility, you know, search engine. And so what is the minimum, is there any minimum requirement for the uh, node uh, operator or it runs on a traditional, uh, say, desktop or laptop? And uh, uh, how is there any hardware requirements? You can run it in um, Raspberry Pi, say, for example. Or Yeah, so our current node requirements are super lightweight. And so I think... Uh, our general rule of thumb is eight gigabytes of RAM 
and all you need is like a you know 16 gigabyte ssd we recommend 32 ssd just because uh over time we're going to add more functions and so like you don't want to go and you know switch it out uh, which is very different than like a chia protocol for example where it's basically you want to store as much as many of the hashes as you can and it's like bingo right they call it the hashes ours is you know a different it's a lightweight lightweight node until we add more functions in there for some of the cool uh and more critical functions like indexing you know uh index routing validation crawling crawl validation all those different functions which are paramount for a decentralized architecture for for a for an index you know i've always wondered like if decentralized search could be made possible and you know you guys are doing it so that's fantastic uh very very nice to hear that sorry oh, it's a hard problem. I mean, we definitely yeah. we we're definitely the farthest along, and you know, there's still lots of hard work to be done. But I think we're definitely on the right path. Yeah, that's amazing. You also mentioned the staking, right? For for the search, like a node operator, and is there a, like a minimum time period for that? Uh, that uh, once you stake it, you kind of locked in. Uh, in that mechanism or is there um, um, my guess is yes there is because usually staking mechanisms have that right akash has it bunch of other uh, uh, companies out there have the same uh, currently we don't the okay. only thing we have is when you unstake there's a you know 24 hour period and that's just you know if someone has found an exploit or something within our platform that's just to protect the platform from any sort of you know potential right. bug or exploit or you know um but there, so I mentioned there's one, the one staking mechanism for nodes to earn rewards, but we also have a different staking me mechanism for advertising, uh, which is kind of unique. And I don't know if you want to get into that, but happy to explore what kind of what that looks like. And yeah, definitely. I would be happy to uh, learn more. My audience would uh, love to learn more about it. Um, how, how does that work? For sure. Maybe it'd be best to just start about our user base um, because that's essentially what you'd be advertising for. Um, our user base is, um, I mean, we're, we're one of the larger projects in the crypto space. We have over a million monthly active users. Um, you know, we process, uh, you know, three to 4 million searches a day at our peak at the peak in the bull market. You know, we process over 200 million searches in, in a month, 70% on, on any given month is based in the U S and Europe. And that was in large part to, um, you know, one of the deals that I worked on, which was to be a default option on all Android phones in Europe. So if you have an Android phone in Europe. You can add a pre-search as a default option, uh, which is pretty unique and pretty cool and grow, drove a lot of growth last year for the project. Um, so our user base is, is really uh, monetizable for advertisers. Um, so going into our advertising mechanism, basically what it is, is a way for you to voluntarily lock up any amount of pre <clears throat> that you have uh, to a given keyword. So let's say you logged into our platform and you wanted to stake Bitcoin. Um, you would type in Bitcoin into the keyword that you wanted to stake. You'd have to outbid the top bidder. So let's say they bid a million pre. You'd have to bid at least a million and one pre, but you'd probably want to bid more just because you don't want them to outstake you again. And as soon as you build, uh, bid that million and a half pre, then your advertisement shows up as the first search result on the search results page. And currently it's non-consumptive, so we don't charge a fee for that, but we will within the next six to nine months have that platform in place where it is a consumptive fee um, just because the project needs to you know, generate cash flows to sustain our, our rewards and just to make it the project sustainable. Interesting. So you said, uh, when did you guys got default uh, um, um, as 
Android search or when did you got added to Android? Because, you know, uh, what I'm thinking is India has the one of the largest growing user base for Android users. I mean, Android is huge in India. So I, I'm mm-hmm. just wondering, uh, uh, does Asia not know about pre-search yet or like how that is uh, could be? Um, uh, it's an interesting thing that the US and Europe is the biggest you know, a user base you have right now. And I can see Asia, you guys having Asia as a user base as well with the, uh, I think the maximum concentration of Android users at the moment, especially India. Uh, wow. So, yeah. I, I, I believe it. I mean, um, going back to your first question about when we got it, it was September of 2021. So uh, a little over two, uh, yeah, a little over a year ago was the okay. first year that we got it. And the project went from, you know, 500,000 searches to a day to, you know, over 6 million searches a day. So it's like massive growth, not only from the usage that we got from Europe, but also just the idea that a, a Web3, um, you know, I guess we're more like Web 2.5 currently, but moving towards a Web3 search engine was able to get on an Android phone in all of Europe. And so that drove a lot of buzz around the project and kind of the the potential that we have. So yeah, that was that was a massive win for the project for sure. And I mean, there's, there's, I think, I think from from uh, the data sources that we found, there's about 200 million phones in your uh, Android phones in Europe, and I'm sure India is probably north of that, given there's over a billion people there. Well, I, I would imagine, yes, hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, that's super interesting. So your growth story has just started, and mm-hmm. uh, that's wonderful. So as you scale, uh, what do you foresee? Um, uh, you know. Uh, how would the scaling happen? Will it be all these decentralized nodes all over the world? Because there's an incentive definitely for the node operators. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, there will be also some consolidation by pre-search itself to, um, you know, keep the, uh, you know, the search queries like to manage that amount of traffic. Is mm-hmm. that uh, the scalability? Is that an issue for you guys right now, or is it? For sure. Um, I mean, <clears throat> we have more than enough nodes right now to power the network. Um, probably, you know, three to four times the amount of nodes than what we need. Uh, for sure, for sure, two times the amount of need, but probably in the you know, probably in the two to three range the amount of nodes that we need. And so, currently, we're not. Uh, we need to grow into that uh, number. Uh, we will increase the rewards. Or like the. Essentially, we will, uh, the protocol will increase rewards for for the network demand. So, if we need you know an extra thousand um, nodes within the network, rewards will increase so that use so that users are incentivized to create more nodes. I mean, they'll they'll be earning more in the rewards, so they'll set up more nodes, and then eventually it'll have like an equilibrium. And so that's kind of that's kind of the idea. We'll just incentivize for the network growth or the net, network shrinkage that we need based on on uh, fluctuation in, in query demand. And there's lots of things that we can do uh, on on the infrastructure level to uh, to incentivize that as well. That's coming in the next year or two. Gotcha. Yeah. And so, how's is it um, the um, you know what is your association with the Akash network? I know um, it was mentioned prior, and that's how I kind of find about found about you guys. Is um, uh, is this one of the hosting cloud providers as decentralized cloud providers for you guys, or is it? Sorry. Yeah, so uh, we we it's kind of interesting because the hidden the hidden um, untold story of Web three is that most projects actually run on AWS or some sort of centralized cloud provider. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mostly Ethereum nodes run on centralized cloud providers. Um, it's it's uh, it's a really big complication in the space and a really big problem. 
uh, for like censorship resistance for for running websites and 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 services for people. And so that's kind of the need that these decentralized cloud providers like Akash, Flux, um, Threefold, um, StackOS, a lot of these providers uh, are looking to solve, which I believe is a massive opportunity because they can provide it at a fraction of the cost. AWS is incredibly expensive, but spinning up a node on, on Akash or Flux is incredibly cheap and you're you know more censorship resistant, all these kinds of things. So currently our biggest, one of our biggest um, providers of nodes is Flux, um, which is another you know competitor to Akash. Um, we are we've had, we've there's some been technical things that we've had to sort out with Akash, but looks like in their newest upgrade, you'll be able to run pre-search nodes on them. Also, super cost-effective. So we're really excited for that to go live for them. Um, and we're also looking to expand more partnerships with these to make it easier for users to run nodes, and as well as for pre-search to run some of the stuff that we run on the back end on these on these cloud providers. That's awesome to hear and. Uh, you know, this is wonderful because search is one thing that doesn't go away from the internet. And uh, I remember the time when in India, Google was introduced and how people um, uh, started using it so much. And a lot of uh, searches of Google were coming from India as well. A lot of youngster, young population in India. And I can see that, uh, you know, kind of growth story for you guys as well. And it will be fantastic to to experience that as a truly Web3 company. Uh, and so, uh, and uh, lastly, Alex, I want to um, ask you, what is like the long-term vision of pre-search? Um, uh, what's their ultimate goal? The ultimate goal is to build a completely decentralized search engine. And the biggest component of that is building the centralized index. And so the goal for building the decentralized index is basically in a decentralized manner to index the web. And store that data on chain and decentralized cloud uh, cloud providers or uh, not cloud providers, decentralized storage providers like IPFS, uh, and make it easy for anyone to use through an API call. And so, um, basically, it'd be the foundation that PreSearch would sit on top of, but also provide uh, you know a decentralized index for other search engines that wanted to use our index uh, for search results within their within their um, search results page, or for other brands and other. Uh, you know, influencers to, you know, have a pre-built UI to create their own search engine. And so I think long-term, we want to move farther down the stack and build the decentralized index. And that's what we're focusing on building out over the next uh, two years um, after we finish out our monetization stuff uh, throughout the rest of this year and early next year. That's going to be our big focus is actually building the protocol. Um, And there's lots of different components that go into that. Um, our CTO, Trey Granger, just gave a talk on the high-level components of what that looks like and all the different components of these node functions. They went through some of the diagrams of uh, of what that stuff looks like, and we should definitely link that in the bottom um, to for our users to go check out. Uh, but Trey is super talented. He's our CTO. He worked at Lucidworks, built uh, search engines for uh, you know Apple, Reddit, um, Home Depot. You know, if you go and interface with some of the search engines, search engines on those sites, he built that. And so um, he definitely has a technical know-how. Uh, and technical chops to go and build this out. And I'm super excited to, to be building alongside him and, and Colin as we go after this, you know, really uh, big challenge. Um, but we know it's solvable and we have the roadmap to go and do it. And it's just a matter of executing on it. Yeah, this might be my another last question is, <laughs> uh, so what do you envision the world to be with decentralized search I know a lot of talk has been recently with censorship, with um, you know all the elements about um, 
social political elements where you know searches are banned on certain topics and some far left topics or far right topics um do you see um, a decentralized engine like your uh, yours uh, pre-search uh, like contributing to like that um i would say neutralization of that like that lopsided approach of let's let's ban searches for these terms and let's keep these like that uh, selective filter filtration that happens these days on on these platforms totally the the core of the project is to remain incredibly neutral and that's incredibly hard these days to do even from like an engineering perspective i mean even when you're developing things there's biases that you have that you know on some level go into uh, into the protocol. And so the biggest thing that we want to do is make it easier for the users to control those biases and put levers on those biases so that they can, you know, change the search results for whatever biases that they want, or maybe even to see other perspectives. There's lots of hot topics that have happened within the last two years that, you know, some things that were told to be truth by, by fact checkers ended up not being true and vice versa. And so, um, I think that it's really hard to be an arbiter of truth in a world where there's just, you know, so much information and misinformation. And so the best way that we can, you know, that we see it is providing as many tools as possible for people to get the full lay of the land for all the biases and make their own decision. And that's kind of the DNA of the project. And, you know, one of the components of that, that we think would be really cool is to have an algorithm marketplace where users can, you know, pick which algorithms they want. And, you know, that's, you know, kind of levers on the biases component. Uh, but I think that would be super interesting. Uh, and there's, you know, lots of things in, in that area that we have yet to be explored and lots of experiments that we have to go and run. Uh, but I think having that people are craving something like this because, you know, they're, you know, they're kind of fed up with, with some entity feeling that, you know, they can go and tell them what is actually right when in reality, it may actually not be right. And many times it's been proven not to be right. Uh, and I guess vice versa as well. So we want to be the, the credibly neutral party in uh in, in the search space and provide as much information for people uh, to make their own decisions well said alex and with that i'm going to conclude this interview thanks for coming on the show i would love to have you back again uh you know and uh, best of luck uh for all the endeavors in the future and where can we learn more about uh the community and pre-search uh and people who want to be node operators uh, where can we get more info for sure i think the best way is to join our discord so discord.presearch.com uh, and in there, you can chat with one of our community admins, you can chat with different node operators. And we have Telegram groups as well, but we're trying to migrate people over to Discord over time. You can create an account on presearch.com. Uh, if you're really curious about the product, I'd say the first thing to do is go to presearch.com, run a search. If you like the search experience, I would say the next, next best thing is to allow uh, to add our um, browser extension. So that means uh, when you search on Brave or Chrome or Firefox, Pre-search and you type in the search bar. Pre-search will be uh, the search engine that runs, and that's you know completely private search. And then if you really want to get even more involved, then go and create an account, and then you can start earning free for for um, for searching. And then you can you know try out advertising, you can try running nodes, all that kind of stuff. So, thank you, amazing. Alex. Thanks, Tarun. Mm -hmm.